0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom
1: to life on stage. This Washington Post Live podcast is sponsored by Tessaro and the Not On My Watch movement. It's time to call for change in ovarian cancer care. Visit www.notonmywatch.com to learn more. She was diagnosed with incurable cancer at 35. He's the father of a toddler going through chemo. Together, they're a powerhouse of wisdom and unshakable strength. Acclaimed writers Kate Bowler and Wajahat Ali examine how cancer has shaped their lives as parents and people of faith. Let's listen.
0: Good morning. I'm Libby Casey, on-air reporter and anchor covering politics and accountability here at The Washington Post. And it is my honor to welcome our guest today, Wajahat Ali, contributing opinion writer for The New York Times, also a frequent political commentator on cable news. Hi, Waj, thanks for being here. And Kate Bowler, she's a divinity professor at Duke University. Her latest book, a memoir called Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved, chronicles her diagnosis of incurable stage four colon cancer at the age of 35 and how her sickness has affected her faith. Um, we'd love to have questions from you, the audience, so you can send us those by tweeting them to us using the hashtag post live and we'll share your questions with Kate and Wajahat. Thanks so much to both of you for opening yourselves up and and talking about these, these things with us. Wajahat, I want to start with you as we just saw. Um, you know, your two-year-old daughter, Nuseiba, was, was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer just hours before you were about to give this TED Talk about why we should have kids and the glory of having children.
2: Timing was <laughs> immaculate.
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, you know, I know this is all very raw for you because this just happened in April, but we'd love to know, how is she doing? How are things going? So
2: she's doing well. I'm wearing this, uh, so basically one this morning in the thick of this and uh, kate knows uh you, you want, it's a new normal every day so the reason i'm wearing this bracelet is because just for sake of efficiency i want to get back in the hospital uh, i just left the hospital where she's there getting tests and i don't want to go through the security again so she finished her sixth chemo last week uh it's a very aggressive form of chemo she's doing it weekly and she's a baby And after every three or so, all the levels go down. So now you learn levels and the numbers where the numbers have to be with the levels and like the ANC levels and magnesium. So I'm just learning all this. So she, I just left her at the hospital with her, uh, with, uh, my superhero wife and, uh, my son and they're watching (laughs) Coco. Uh, and she demands Popeye's fries and sweet tea. And so after this, I'll go give it to her, but she's, it's all relative. And Kate mentions this in her book. It's, uh, your new normal is well at least yeah so <laughs> at least the magnesium is in one yeah uh, it's two and so right now she's doing well uh, relatively and we did a ct scan yesterday and for those who are in the thoughts and prayers department um <laughs> positive energy send her some positive energy thoughts and prayers because that ct scan result which will come out tonight or probably tomorrow yeah. it's very important to see how she's responding to the
0: chemo but mm. so
2: far She's got her, you know, pet back. She's smiling, she's eating, and she's back to her goofy self. So yeah. thank you for asking.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, Kate, you know, you were given this diagnosis of stage 4 colon cancer that had already metastasized. This is back in 2015. And you've gone through a lot. You underwent multiple surgeries. Um, you did sort of the classic chemotherapy, and then you were part of experimental immun- immunotherapy treatments. Yeah. So how are things going now, four years later?
1: Yeah, well, that's, it's kind of an ongoing just setting your new horizons. And uh, I keep being surprised that I keep doing well. But it's one of those things where you kind of live scan to scan, mm. and then the last scan was good, and so everyone smiles, and there's a lot of applauding from my parents. And then I make a new goal that makes everyone uncomfortable. Like, you know, shouldn't I write a new academic book about the 1400s or something? And and then I just plot on. But it's a—it's just a totally different way than I used to see my life. Like I, I just kind of pictured the ladder, I guess. I felt like it was supposed to go up or something. Mm-hmm. And now I just, I try to keep myself um, more fully in the present and then just try to imagine what life could look like in a really rich way now.
0: You have scans every 3 months? Is that what, what's your I'm what's your all on a 6 cycle? month schedule. Six month so feeling pretty good. Yeah. And you graduated to that essentially. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. so funny though, but you begin to be these experts in the language of outcomes. I always think about it like bracelet people. Yeah. Like you know the bracelet people and you and then you know the people who are surrounding them. Like you can see them in the blood work room. There's the person who's looking a little pale and then there's everyone else who seems to orbit like planets around them. And just knowing that every sickness creates a whole new whole new solar system in everyone's lives and you learn all the language and you learn to readjust but.
2: And, and the measure of success also changes or like the measure of happiness because yeah because now it's like oh the level came out good today is a good day yeah uh, like oh she left the hospital yeah this is a victory yeah uh, oh she ate food today without vomiting yes And you think about it like two months ago, that would not have been a normal measure of success uh, or happiness, but it makes you, it just reorients everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because cancer is a son of a bitch that just takes a toll on the baby, on the family, on everything. And so you kind of have to respect, it's like the movie Alien, like the Xenomorph, you have to respect the purity of its savagery, right? Like it's such a savage beast. Uh, that in the face of it, when you see people who are surviving, enduring it, and when it's especially affecting your baby, you have to admire the resilience and the victories, which to you might be like, that's a strange victory that her magnesium (laughs) is at two. And I'm like, listen, buddy, God forbid if you were enduring this, trust me, a a two-mag-level Right now is is the win of the week.
0: Yeah. I want to talk to you more about sort of how your perspective shifts, but but first I want to hear about how your wife's doing, Waj, because she's a doctor. Yes. She's amazing. Um, but she she's looking at this from both the clinical expertise yeah. of, of understanding this a little more than than you might have going into this, but also as a mom.
2: So it's difficult. My wife's a superhero. I'm not just saying that. She's like super badass. Uh, am I allowed to say that? I just did. Uh You're sorry, Washpo life. You're allowed to say uh, but look, you know, for <laughs> My wife is stuck to Nuseba right now because Nuseba wants mommy. So my wife's been literally with her for the entire week. Mm-hmm. I just left my wife. She goes, my back's hurting. She doesn't complain. She goes, my back's hurting because I've been in the bed. Oh. Each time we want to give her a break, Nuseba, super sharp, spidey sense, uh, is like, what do you mean, mom, you're leaving? And mom's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so the mom in particular in this relationship takes the burden, you know, literally physically. Mm-hmm. She hasn't gone to work at all. It disrupts everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so my, I was telling this in the, in the green room. Just certain personalities, my wife is emotionally very grounded and strong. Mm-hmm. And she just takes it day by day. She has her moments where she needs the good cry. And she said yesterday, yeah. her and Nuseba both had a, they just had to cry. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and I'm the robot. Uh, I don't cry. So that's like, you know, my that's my wife and her just, they said, we need to let it out. Yeah but other than that she's just i'm very lucky and nuseba is very lucky to have a mom like sarah because in addition just to being a strong person who's able to just withstand this trauma honestly uh she's a doctor Mm -hmm. and so having a doctor who actually understands this in your family is in itself a blessing that most people don't have because then she's able to let me know we're on the right track
0: how are you talking to nuseba about this what's her comprehension of what's super sharp she
2: understands everything so this is nuseba she's about to turn three next month she literally said last month she goes cancer wasn't cancer that thing that auntie got that one auntie got in our community and she passed away <gasps> and so she knows exactly what she has she knows exactly what's happening she yeah. understands everything and my son ibrahim was going to turn five he's just like at the playground he goes yeah my my sister knew seba she's sick she's got cancer in the stomach uh, her stomach hurts but she'll be back home soon mm-hmm. so kids are far more sensitive intelligent and aware than we give them credit for yeah. and so the, the type of energy and language we use around children especially children who are enduring this yeah i think is very important she picks up everything yeah.
0: do you feel like th- the medical professionals who are dealing with your family are aware of that or are they being very aware we're day? very
2: lucky i mean for sake of privacy i won't give the hospital but in, being in this area we're very lucky to have some of the best hospitals uh, and just the nurses and just one thing i'll say just to show how important it is to have you know, nonprofits and, and, and you know organizations that help. My daughter has art therapy. She has a lady who comes in and sings Moana songs. Uh, she has nurses who come by once a week and give candy. These are the small things that we take for granted. That you have. That you know, when people give their money to, they're like, what am I? What am I supporting? You're supporting endeavors and programs like this that really put a smile on a kid's face, and make such an unpleasant situation bearable. And and even having that staff there. Uh, that cares, uh, makes everything better.
0: We're all the parents of young children, and you want to protect your kids from all of it. So, Kate,
1: how have you talked to your young son Mm -hmm. about your illness? Well, when I got sick, he was so little that it was mostly about... It's weird, like when you become a parent, your body is suddenly a home for somebody. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that makes people feel safe. And I had a lot of stuff on me that looked, that was suddenly a little bit terrifying. I had a port, I'd had any number of surgeries, I had to wear a chemotherapy bag that was just like, just hardcore fanny packs, mm-hmm. a lot of bags on bags on bags mm-hmm. when you're sick. And, um, and it meant that I had to try to find ways to relate to him again when my body was not Mm-hmm. Friendly anymore, so kids I mean, just want to
0: crawl all over you They just I think
1: especially sometimes they sense when it's not time yeah. to crawl all over. Yeah. you, and they want to crawl I out. think that was the most not touching him yeah. was exhausting. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of like uh, just puppetry Where I would sort of bring out something friendly and be like let's fight with these puppets at an arm's length <laughs> So a lot of just little tricks, but but mostly it was about trying to find a way That I could reground myself just as his mom and not just as a cancer patient I mean, I think that's just the threat with anything that's so terrifying—is you're just suddenly eclipsed by something you didn't choose. Like your whole identity is this awful thing that you didn't know anything about a couple weeks before.
0: We're so, looking at a picture of you from Instagram without a ukulele.
1: Are just a huge part of our lifestyle. <laughs> huge ukulele family. Uh,
2: that's a great LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Dino Ninja guitar strumming sidekick. <laughs>
1: Uh. You know, I'm super protective, though, about my home as a place of, like, real calm and mm. peace, though, mm. in part because I, um, and hilariously, that's why I wrote a book, and I didn't, um, It's mo- that was the stuff I didn't feel like I could say. It was all the rage I had, all the frustration, all the, you know, it was so, it was so disorienting for me to go from being an expert in something to suddenly finding myself the unwanted recipient mm. of it. So it was, um, I felt like writing everything down and keeping it in one place was also my attempt to keep my home, to be like a really beautiful place where I could relax into the love of people who knew who I was.
2: May may I make a quick observation about just parenthood? Because we brought up, just reading Kate's book, and since we're all parents, I think how it affects you as a parent, right? Because it affected her and reading her book, which everyone should buy, by the way. came out on paperback. I don't get a cut. Uh, <laughs> so I'm actually sincere in my praise for it. Your, your first comment was, "How will, you know, I'm a mother. How will yeah. this affect my kid? And yeah. my first reaction as a parent, and I don't know if other parents have gone through this, is you make a bargain with the universe or with God. Yeah. And so the, my first immediate reaction was, all right, God, let's do this. My life for my kid's life. Easy yeah. trade. Yeah. Uh, I'll absorb it. Yeah. and and the, w- the world does not work that way unfortunately yeah. and so you can't absorb your child's pain and suffering uh and so you just have to yeah. be there in your inadequacy yes uh in all your inadequacies and weakness as a parent and just try to help them and so we're in the thick of it so that's why I feel I feel like what can I do aside from giving my life I can't give my life yeah so what trade can I make what bargain can I make what negotiation can I make with God or fate in the universe and you don't get an answer back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you see your kid and you're like, okay, I, we just fight. We fight with her and yeah. do the best we can.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kate, you were talking about some of the hard stuff that you didn't want to import into your home, some of the rage, some of the, um, yeah. the, the really tough aspects of this. It was months before you were diagnosed. Like you lost some precious months mm. before doctors pinpointed what was going on with you. Mm-hmm. And then when you were finally told stage four cancer it was an, an intern, and you describe him as being like the shortest coat, right? That people who have yeah. sort of earned their, their medical chops get like longer coats. But this is like this virtual
1: kid coming in. Yeah, this 12-year-old just wanders in, looking lightly disoriented, <laughs> reads my chart. And I, all I remember saying was, you'd better be holding my hand if mm. you're going to tell me stuff like that. You do feel like, uh, and this is, it's taken me a while to realize the deep burdens of doctors. Mm -hmm. Me loving doctors has been a journey. (laughs) I love them now. Uh, But I thought, I mean, I was like, I'm a professor. I'm a fancy person. I work over there. I kept pointing where my office was. (laughs) Like, why doesn't anyone give me, you know, there's also just no dignity in the sort of endless blue cotton that you are given to live the rest of your life. And uh, I felt so stripped of all the things I knew how to do. I mean, just trying to be an avid learner, you wanna learn all the vocabulary, you wanna be the best possible cancer patient. But I, that, was, that was also just the really intense mindset I had, that I took all of the hopes I had for living in the meritocracy, and I just applied it to being the cancer patient, Man. where I wanted to win at being a cancer patient. And it turns out that um, medical systems are incredibly complex and often cruel. Mm and that most of the hopes I had for getting access were not easy because I'm not American. And uh, almost immediately, we realized that treatment was going to bankrupt my family. Mm-hmm. So attempts to f- sort of both find care and then find ways to pay for it was the darkest moments of my life.
0: And your dad was offering to basically sell all the assets that, you're, that, his, that he yeah. had that you're,
1: he and his family On the Canadian had. dollar, no less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, I just everyone. I mean, that's what it does, though, right? The cruelty of it and the the totalizing force that cancer is. Everyone just starts emptying their pockets. They're like, "Is this enough? Is this going to, to to bridge the the gap between what you need and where you are?" And and so much of it is just this obstacle course of trying to figure out where the trial is, who knows the most, like what are the back doors and side doors to get to that information. It's taken me years to get decent information about my illness. And that's because I'm absurdly privileged to be able to know how to navigate just this intense web.
0: And you talk about going home and like researching stuff, right? Like getting out the dictionary and trying yeah. to figure out what, what this coded language right. means. I didn't know
1: what, yeah, I didn't know what the, all the tumor language was totally. Yeah. They said, you have METS? I was like, oh, yeah. sounds fine, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a team. Um, yeah, I was just constantly Googling and then being horrified at, it's a, it's a whole new language and it's a whole different world especially when you just never thought that you'd have to navigate it. And
2: the probabilities, you start looking at the probabilities. Oh, my gosh.
1: No, thank a good you.
2: I proba- 40 to 60. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. 40 to 50. Sta- yeah. And then you see there's stages. Yeah. like Stages? Yeah. Like, is this the good stage of yeah. cancer? Yeah. You just, like, you, I just want to like say that again. The good stage yeah. of cancer, yeah. right? Yeah. It goes back to that at least question. At least it's not stage three.
1: I Googled, like, yeah. is there a stage five? Like, yeah. where, where am I at on this Sorry book? for
2: the dark humor <laughs> sometimes uh, you needed. But uh, you know, it, it, it also affects, I just want to mention that how it, cancer, the totality of how it affects not just the person suffering, the parents, but like I I just mentioned my grandfather, like my father and my father-in-law, right? These are old Spartan South Asian immigrant men, all right? Like they never weep or cry, right? They're like old school. And when I told them, uh, my father-in-law just wept for two days, like he couldn't talk without weeping. And uh, my father just, I never heard my father cry in my life. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why are you saying sorry? He goes, I'm sorry that I, I it's just so much for me. Yeah. And he goes, at this stage in our life, we've taken a lot. We're grateful. But to see this happen to Nuseba, our granddaughter, it's, he said it's too much for me. And so the, the imp- I want to just mention the grandparents who also endure this, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. anyone who's in that, like, uh, th- like if you will, the, the, the el- electron shell circling around the person, yeah. uh, the orbit, it impacts them. Um, and, and it has, you know, it's, it's just brutal. I
0: mean, you've talked about that on your podcast, Kate, that y- you realized that loving you was causing people pain and yeah. that like your friends were all going into therapy because they were yeah. so shaken by their young, vibrant, 35-year-old yeah. friend, professor, mom coping with
1: this. Yeah, it does, that was kind of a weird shift. And that's still not something I'm totally used to is like suddenly you're the worst thing that's happened to people. And it's hard not to see it that way. You're like, loving me will kind of maybe destroy you, <laughs> is when you look at your like sad, beautiful parents and they like just launched you, right? Like you had the kid, you finally are living your life and then you just, you feel like you're just taking it all apart. Mm. So it is, it's, it's just a funny thing though. Like the second you're diagnosed, you suddenly do feel like you're, to, to strangers, you're a problem to be solved. You're like a riddle, like why did this happen? Sorry, I have, no, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> it's great. I actually wore very absorbent cotton. So, yeah. I mean, uh, strangers are trying to figure out why it happened to you, not them. Like, was it something you ate? Was it in your family? There's just like they want the reassurance that I'm safe from this. You're over here. Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: Was, not that it's your fault but like what is the secret code what did you yeah. do that i can avoid doing that not it could get be it. my
1: fault i was being wheeled into a procedure a couple of weeks ago and the nurse on the way in, and mostly nurses are spectacular but the nurse on the way in was like oh colon cancer man it must be stuff you guys are eating nowadays and i was like this oh. is not helpful <laughs> so,
0: did you say yeah. something to her did you just let it did you just let it go uh, i was like just it was like it was just pre were, so a mask like the were, were, yeah, like, like, a a mask on the face i was like
1: exactly you in yet? <laughs> Struggling against the anesthesia, oh, no. uh, but that's it's it's pretty common for me to get the the commentary,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and that's mostly just what I want for. People like us is just for everyone to realize everyone's life is so much more fragile than we expect, right. and just to have a little more charity and less of a deep desire to explain it, out of a, an intense anxiety that I mean every person suffering creates this problem right but not this person and I get it but like don't make the suffering people resolve that for you
2: I found out that I've had to become um, we've had to become people's therapists Mm -hmm. it's very interesting like like I have to calm people down once they hear about my daughter's diagnosis yes. and i'm sitting there thinking like i should have gone into into therapy i'm really good at this and then i think about it i'm like wait a minute i'm the father yes. what's happening we
0: should all be And other
2: people now. are crying like you don't know how i'm dealing with this right now it's really <laughs> affecting me yes. and which is fine because there's empathy and i understand it's coming
0: from a place of love it's
2: coming yeah. from a place of love but it's but imagine doing it and, and this we're, we're in the thick of it right like you said the fog of war two months in. but that's why people i think who Family members or those who are suffering from cancer, I think the reason why sometimes they avoid public places is I was at an event on Sunday, and once you walk in, everyone gives you the look. Oh, the dad. Yeah. And then you just get the look. The look is like this. And you could see the looks. Mm -hmm. And then I I feel like I could just press play on the same talking points, but you have to repeat the same talking points. Mm -hmm. How is she? How are you? and you're like i understand the empathy and then you yeah. have to just sit there and go through the motions and after 20 minutes i was so exhausted mm. yeah and my son was exhausted and he's like yeah. let's go home baba <laughs> i'm like yeah let's go home and have pizza <laughs> and and you can't knock people because what what else are they supposed to say yeah. right but the but like you said is it becomes draining yeah and, and well,
0: let's talk about yeah. some things that people can say yeah. i mean yeah. because you know, you know kate's well, book everything happens for a reason and other lies i've say loved lead with, <laughs> like, lead with that and then you talk about how people you know god needed an angel sure you know yeah. so so what are things that we can avoid saying and then and, and then more importantly what are things that that actually help like what sure. have you found that's been helpful
1: well because most of it comes out of these just very thick cultural scripts we have around positivity mm-hmm. and I, I think it's i mean it's infected all of us where we feel like we have to have both explanations and then reassurances Mm -hmm. either a kind of religious determinism where there has to be a plan god isn't giving you anything you can't handle um which is which is they're they're running the math right like everything that's happening to you there's an equal sign and i'm going to tell you about what happens at the other side and and it'll even out i swear and that's such a tough none of that language is helpful because it assumes that they know what's going to happen, which I would love to meet more fortune tellers and seers, just prophets of all Mm -hmm, kinds. mm -hmm. Um, But they can't promise me anything and I don't need them to promise me anything. So um, all of the have you tried this or when my aunt died, everyone's aunts are always doing very poorly uh, when I talk to them. and so all those desires to relate are so lo- lovely and tempting, but they they always end up giving you information that's either a burden or a weapon mm-hmm. used to explain why it's me. Mm-hmm. So the things I just love are, I don't know, when people take a part of who you were and let you feel like you're still that person again, maybe you still hope to be funny someday, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. um, or just kind of test the waters. I love it when people just say... Um, I heard what happened, I want you to know, and then just something lovely, like, you know, I'm praying for you, I'm thinking of you, and then just a little pause, and then let the person take it where they wanna go, because so easily I'll, I'll, you know, I became devoted to talking about reality show programming just to have my, like, <laughs> would believe what's topic. happening on The
0: Bachelorette this
1: season. <laughs> uh, but just give us the off ramp, yeah, just yeah. so that we can be more than one thing again.
0: What's been helping you get through this time in terms of well we can talk about uh sort of the, the bigger picture of this yeah. but just in terms of the the little gestures what family's been able to do um some of the mechanics right. of, of what's helpful for you so right now i mean
2: we're talking about this right in, in dc i'm originally from the bay area uh, my wife's from florida so in dc we're like we don't have the village yeah. uh oh. and we have two kids right so just having a parent come and my mom just coincidentally happened to be visiting when this diagnosis happened that mm. was a huge relief we have an ecosystem of friends who are just very lovely and sweet, and I just want to appreciate everyone's kindness. There's something about when your baby gets cancer, it brings out people's inherent decency and kindness to the point where I got this Twitter message as I was saying someone, some guy said, I hate you on TV, I hate all your opinions, I hate you on Twitter, but I just want to let you know my, my uh, mom is praying for you. And I'm like, thank you, sir, I think. Uh, and so, you know, just kindness. I think this is common decency and kindness. Someone coming up to you with that short statement, I heard what happened, I'm thinking of you, anything I can do, let me know, pause. And then also there's just something about that normalcy factor Yeah. two months in, which is really nice, like people want me to, be me again and Mm -hmm. talk about other things or the warriors losing congratulations to Canada uh (laughs) pain uh but just you know or here practical stuff ready Mm -hmm. Grubhub cards
1: yeah that's right
2: uh all right DoorDash uh we appreciate the toys I have so many toys right now I gotta donate these toys uh but someone coming in saying oh you have a kid Ibrahim I have kids maybe he'd like to just hang out with our kids Mm -hmm. just small gestures like that to bring back a level of normalcy and that's what we've seen has really helped our family because again cancer just doesn't impact nuseba i have a five-year-old boy yeah. and sarah and you know just oh yeah i have to work yeah you know, <laughs> life and pay the bills uh but just i think it gives a person an opportunity to exercise kindness and decency without the script and the tropes yeah. And it's an interesting opportunity, if you want to take it, to test yourself, if you, can, if you can be that person.
0: I think sometimes those of us who are in that orbit don't know what to do. Of and there's not. a danger in doing nothing yeah. and staying silent because you don't want to say the wrong thing. You of don't course. want to do the wrong thing. But Kate, I remember hearing you talk about how um, some friends of yours just sort of persistently, I think, kept sending you a gift card to like Whole Foods or something like every, uh, no endorsement, um, every, every month, you know, for many, many, many months. I believe that was you or one of your guests talked about that on your mm-hmm. podcast where it, it just didn't go away. Like yeah. they just kept checking yeah. in and sort of sending you that, which.
1: Yeah. And that was the, that's sort of the evolution of like from crisis to chronic mm-hmm. is like, A lot of people are really good in the crisis moment, but when you still have the same depressing problem a year from then, you sort of feel like the giant bummer that comes to parties and brings and ruins small talk for everybody. So it is really nice when people find ways to create these sustaining little moments that recognize that you're still going through it. So because I've scanned so often, it's just nice when someone remembers like, oh, is it coming up? And then like gets me a Starbucks order or... Um, a lot of what I struggled with, honestly, because I was trying to get care, was they just said, hey, is there any information you needed? And I created a little Google Doc called No Kate Left Behind, <laughs> where people could add health information that I needed. And it was those kinds of little efforts that have meant that I, I went from feeling like I was totally alone, like mm-hmm. I'm you know, foreign, so I don't have any family in this country. Mm-hmm. I just needed all the people to surround me and then to lift me up, so I, I didn't feel lonely anymore. It's
2: a community. I think it was the, it was the uh, actor Scott said the the pretty people so it's the politicians and the pretty people and then the Morlocks the writers coming at the end Uh, but he said he said uh, uh, (laughs) some of my best (laughs) friends are Morlocks Uh, he said uh, a community you create a community right Uh, and I think that's what we've noticed that there's a community of survivors there's a community of people who've gone through it there's a community of people who who are going through it right now and they give you best practices and and, and that's something that I've been worried about is, like, we don't know how long this is going to last for yeah. Nuseba, right? Like, everyone says, oh, three months, six, but well, we don't know.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and so I was thinking about that. Like, what happens if we become, like, the cancer parents? Oh, like, buddy. the Debbie Downers who come in and everyone has to then give the script and then say, oh, yeah. how is she? Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, and so I think those cards or just the thought, you know, and there's no, look, there's no signs to this, right? Because. Mm-hmm. I don't knock anyone. You know, the stuff that annoys us is not too annoying because anyone who makes the effort at the end of the day, I, I am willing to invest in their good intention. Mm-hmm. Um, but well,
1: I'm not. Not yeah. for some people. Like, uh, I've had some winners, longer. though. I've yeah. had some winners. Like, I've heard that since Kate got cancer, she's never been happier. <laughs> like, well, I feel <laughs> like I've <I'm laughs> had some moments. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I, I think that maybe for suffering people, though, there's the desire to say that they've, like, they've distilled intense wisdom mm-hmm. and therefore that it's, it's the, the reward is always commensurate with mm-hmm. the suffering. Mm-hmm. That. I profoundly mm.
0: resent. It's a lot of pressure yeah. that you're, you you, you sure. need to be the bearers of our newfound cultural wisdom for
1: anything like, though to break the the intense script around relentless positivity. Yeah, I think will just free up a little more space for everyone to be human.
0: We have a great question coming in from Twitter. Rob asks, when you're both going through these things, you know, where do you find your strength, and then where do you feel mm. discouraged? Mm.
1: Mm. So, um, well. I guess i mean not just because i'm a divinity school professor that teaches adorable uh mainline pastors but i i have found just the experience of feeling loved by god to be really grounding for me i guess because cancer makes you feel like paper right you come in you're you're just all blood work and results Mm. and your body isn't yours anymore and you wonder when you're ever going to have decorative hair again Mm. And, uh, and it's hard to feel reconstituted. And I just, the experience of feeling loved has been really powerful for me. The parts where I feel discouraged is when I, I don't know when it's going to end. Mm. The chronic nature of it is means I, I don't know how to talk about the future like other people can talk about the future, where people just make really casual plans. Mm. And I'm, I miss doing that.
2: So, uh, in addition to talking about this uh, unfortunate disease, and my mission here is to convert everyone to Islam. And so to answer your question, I'm just kidding, but that was a joke. Uh, everyone's like, oh, my, we knew it. Uh, um, they were right. Uh, you know, everyone uses a crutch, and I think people say, oh, faith is a crutch. But you need crutches in life, right? So if, if people want to be derisive towards religion and say it's a crutch, then so be it. I think having that faith has helped me and my wife, uh, the feeling of being loved, uh, the, fa- the fact that I got very lucky, married way up and have an amazing wife. You've met her before. You know this is true. Libby knows. Um, And and just being very lucky. You know, we're very lucky that I think about that every day. Like, we have health care. Like, I have parents who love us. We have friends who love us. Uh, We have some money. Some money. Um, We're very lucky compared to most people. I think, in a strange way, being grateful every day has given me a perspective that allows us to move forward, both my wife and I. Um, and that gives me a strength. What gives me a lack of strength very quickly that time went to zero, and now they're going to reel me off, is not knowing, right? Uh, how can I solve this problem? Yeah. I'm the father. Yeah. I'm supposed to solve things. How come I can't protect my daughter? Mm. What, what do you mean? What, what, like, how can I fix this? I can fix most things, and I can't fix it.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, when will this end? I don't know. Uh, oh, everything was going well last Wednesday. Yeah. And she's back in the hospital Friday, WTF. Mm. Yeah. When will she get home? I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling Kate this, like, I, you know, I was telling you, I'm, I'm very good in chaos. That's one of my very few superpowers in life, my only superpower. But late at night, every day, I can't sleep because yeah. I run the scenarios in my head. Yeah. And it keeps me up every night. And I try to fix this problem. Totally. Even though I know it's, you can't, yeah. but, but that's what's discouraging. It's like, I can't fix this.
0: Yeah, totally. Do you feel like this has deepened your faith? Has it challenged your faith? Is faith just there with you for the journey?
2: It hasn't. You know, a, you know I think for me personally, the, the trap, the quicksand, is if you really start asking, why me? or why did God do this to us? That is a dangerous place to be in. And my wife and I have not ventured into that space. It goes back to the previous point where my wife and I, I think just based on our perspective, of, our perspective in life, we go, this happens. It's a one in a one and a half million freak occurrence. Mm. It's rare. It happens to kids zero to three. I don't have cancer in my family. My wife doesn't have cancer in her family. Why is this happening? We have no idea. Yeah. But my wife and I both said, it happened. Yeah. Deal with it. Things happen to people. I could have easily looked at that and said, why us? Why me? I was a good Muslim. I don't drink. I don't drink. Uh, I don't eat pork. I eat halal. Damn you, Lord. Uh, But what will it accomplish? It will accomplish nothing. So for me, it actually has helped in profound ways just when it comes to perspective and has helped my wife. And, uh, you know, I I hope to think that this is going to be a small chapter in an otherwise very rich, long narrative for Nasiba
1: yeah that's
2: right i can only hope yeah how about you That question was i think for both I of
1: loved us i love that i loved your answer That's was beautiful um
0: and kate i'll just let's close by um since you know your profession is exploring faith writing about faith yeah um, looking at faith uh, with an eye of both living it but also watching it with almost like anthropo- an anthropological anthropological yes.
1: gaze yes i'm always the person with the clipboard at a mega church uh-huh. yes
0: uh-huh.
1: Yes, that is my life.
0: So can you just talk briefly about, you know, you said that you felt surrounded by love and that, you know, your faith is there with you. Mm. Um, But had there been moments of challenge and how have you gotten through those in terms of just sort of your your belief and your faith?
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe the harder part was, like, because I'm an expert in the prosperity gospel, I did get a lot of feedback Mm. uh, from other people of... uh, with that faith perspective that felt that um it must have been something that i had done or said or Cause the believed. idea
0: of the prosperity gospel is you will be rewarded on this earth yes for the good that you do for, for living the good life not just in heaven but you would get nice cars you'd be healthy yeah. the good things come now
1: Yes, and I had spent you know, 10 years studying that, and so I knew a lot of people in that faith community, and I you know, wrote a big book about it. Mm. And then when it happened to me, I think even though the book was very gentle, I think there was some um, speculation that it, w- it, was, it was likely something that I had said or done. So that was hard for me to feel like um, Christians can be the most uh, pointed mm. in their indictments. So I've tried to just open up a generosity and, and just that in that space where we don't know that if we step in with love, that it can do a lot more than, you know, these sort of endless explanations for one another's pain.
0: Well, thank you so much to both of you for being here. Thank you, Wajahad Ali and Kate Buller, for sharing your stories with us. Um, A reminder to our audience, you can watch the full interviews from today online. Go to WashingtonPostLive.com. There'll be a podcast version of our conversation up later today as well. I'm Libby Casey. Thank you all for being here. And for those of you who are here in the room, please join us for our morning reception that will take place now. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.